Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. We are hosts, Chad Mitchell and David Finch. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm Chad Mitchell. I'm David Finch. And we're glad to be back with you for another podcast. Um, we have a study. Uh, we're going to... What is it? It's a God always has a plan, right? That's right. And uh, so we're going to be talking about that. Uh, we have... Uh, it's a good study. We have lots to talk about, <coughs> as usual. Uh, but thanks for joining us. Uh, if you want to send us an email, email's in the link, truthinagapelove at gmail.com if you have any questions. Uh, if you're in the area, come and worship with us, Blackwood Church of Christ, 370 North Schilling. Uh, classes at 10 a.m., uh, worship service at 11 a.m. Uh, we'd love to have you um, stop by. If you're traveling to Yellowstone, we're a good stop uh, for your worship. If you're going, if you're doing, getting ready to go on a summer vacation, we'd love to have you. Uh, you can find us on Facebook or our website. Um, and, uh, of course, if you have any questions or you just want to study or you have a Bible question, let us know. Send us an email. We'd love to um, sit down and talk with you. Nowadays, uh, it's very easy to have a Bible study. Uh, now that we're all trained up on Zoom and, uh, and, and things like that, uh, Google Chat, there's, there's, there's all kinds of ways that we could have a, a video um, uh, Bible study with you. That's real, right. Real easily. And yeah. so just reach out to you, to us. Uh, we'd love to study with you. We love to talk about God's Word. Uh, and and so we invite you to do that if, if you have any, any questions. Um, let's see. What else? With that, I think we can go ahead and jump into our study, Dave. Yeah. So as, as you can uh, probably tell, we're going to be talking about God and how He always has a plan. And I wanted to look at... The Bible, of course, <laughs> as you should, as to why. You know, and, and throughout the scripture, we, we see God with his prophets, with, you know, the, the, the men of faith. They always, God always sees them through their trials. But as we see in Isaiah 41, verse 10, God is speaking here and he says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dis dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So this is a promise of God to his faithful. You know, we shouldn't fear. We shouldn't be dismayed. Because no matter what we are going through, we should not forget the one fact that we are going through it because God has a plan for us. And that is if we remain faithful to him. Now, we could go probably anywhere throughout Scripture, but let's start towards the beginning. I wanted to look at Joseph, and so that's where, that's where um, we're going to be looking at. If you want to turn over to Genesis 37, 1 through 11, we're going to, as we're going to be talking, we're going to almost be going like a fast track through Joseph's life, right? So we're going to be going through Genesis 37 all the way through Genesis 50 as we're looking at him. Chad, do you want to read Genesis 37, 1 through 11? Yeah, sure. All right. It says, uh, Now Jacob de um, dwelt in the land where his father was, a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob, Joseph being seven, 
17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Balah and the sons of Zephel, his father's wives. And Joseph brought uh, a bad report of them to his father. Can you imagine? 17 years old. Oh, man. Brings a bad report to his father. Okay. Now Israel, continue on verse 3. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were um, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright, and indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us, or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dream and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Was that it? Yeah, that okay. was it right there. Yeah. So Joseph had these two dreams that his brothers... And then his parents were going to bow down to him. Yeah. You know, and this is God giving him this dream. But, you know, you can see the 17-year-old in him, of course. Can't wait to tell your older brothers, hey, you're going to bow mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to me. But, you know. Yeah. The, so they, they already disliked him. It was kind of an arrogance thing. Like was. He was. You can just imagine, 17 years old, pretty smart, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> always. Yeah. And, uh, and then when he has this, he just didn't know how to, to go about telling them about it. You know, it, it was almost in a way, hey, I'm, you're going you're gonna to bow to me. You're going to bow to me. This dream means you're going to bow to me someday, you know? And even his father was troubled by it. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? You're only 17. You're just a kid, you know? That's right. But then from this, we see that... Joseph's brothers, like at the end of chapter 37, they find a way to sell Joseph off into slavery. Mm-hmm. And he ended up working in Potiphar's house. And then when you look at Genesis 39, 7 through 9, this is where we see that Potiphar's wife hits on Joseph. Mm-hmm. Right? And it, it, so starting in verse 7 in Genesis 39, if you're following along with us, please... Please read with us. It says, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast lot or cast longing eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all things that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So I want to bring a couple of things out here. So he's still a younger guy, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you are known at that age, to, Chad, as we're kind of talking, mm-hmm. 
to make bad decisions, right? Especially when it comes to things that entice the flesh. Mm -hmm. That is the prime age to make a stupid, horrible decision. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you're known not to make good decisions at that age. So, But Joseph wouldn't do that to Potiphar. Potiphar Mm -hmm. has been very good to Joseph. But more than that, Joseph wouldn't go against God. Yeah. Joseph remained faithful to God. Well, and think about he was sold into slavery. Yeah. And up to this point, he's not in. Uh, he, he's basically not in slavery. I mean, he's he's been promoted to the top of the house. Yeah. To the point where he trusts him to leave, and there was good reason why why uh, Potiphar trusted him alone with his wife. Yeah. You know, clearly he yeah because not do that to him. Yeah, and I'm sure the, over and over and over he proved himself yeah. to that point. But he gives God all the glory. That's right. In everything. Very good point right there. Because he, he does. And and this is something that we see, and we're going to see later on in his life, you know, when he meets up with his brothers again, he gives all credit to God. And so even while he is, you know, he has been brought low, and he, he has to serve under Potiphar, and yes, he is, like you said, he's second in charge, you know, everything is... Is to his hand, and he wouldn't be in that position if it wasn't worth it. I mean, that's right. You can tell real quick with a new employee or something if they're worth anything. Yeah, you just work with them half a day, you got them figured out. That's right. You know if you're going to get anything out of them, and obviously he had proved himself over and over to where he put him in charge of everything. Yeah, but how many of us would have? abandoned God, mm-hmm. you know, being thrown into slavery. Some might say, you know, where was God when mm-hmm. when I was thrown into slavery? You know, and or think that God abandoned them for whatever reason. Yeah, and, and but still, even and if I would that, say if the, probably the majority of people have, when put in this position would have forgot God here. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, and what's funny is this is why... Uh, this is one of the reasons why I know there's a deep need to always gather with a brother when you can. Mm-hmm. Because, man, if I go a week, I'm bound to do something stupid, you know? Mm-hmm. I need the Lord. And so to be sold into slavery, being away from being able to worship and do all that, you know, he is, he is bound to Potiphar. And so... But throughout all of this, he keeps God in the forefront of his mind. Never never forsakes God. And then even after this, even yet refusing to lay with Potiphar's wife, what does Joseph get out of it? What back is, in slavery. Back in slavery. He gets thrown into prison. You know, and again, how many of us would have been like, well, God... You failed me. It was kind of a lose-lose situation. It was. Because it made her mad. Yep. So she went against him. And, and she ended up lying about it, and and that's why he gets thrown into prison. As we see in verse 20 of Genesis 39, if you want to continue down, it says, Then Joseph's master took him and put him into prison and placed a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison. So... Yeah, he was, for his obedience to God, he was thrown into prison. And this is now the second time that he was brought low. Well, and and I love how it continues on right in the next verse. But the Lord was with Joseph. That's right. Even right. Okay, do you want so to read, do you read 20 
21 through 23? Sure. It says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Immediately. Everywhere he goes. That's right. He's put in favor of whoever's in charge, you know? Yep. Uh, continuing verse 22. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. So we see that even as he is brought low mm -hmm. for the second time, yeah. he remains faithful to the Lord, and we see that the Lord never leaves his side. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of times people, or even us in our life, because it's not going the way we want, we think the Lord abandoned us, or, you know, we... we we blame God because he didn't answer our prayers or something like that. Well, there's a plan, you know, and this is where we see God always has a plan. Joseph has to be going through this for a good reason. And so, you know, even as it, as it says in 1 Samuel 12, 24 and 25, <clears throat> this is, uh, it says, only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart. For consider what great things He has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. Now, <clears throat> something about this verse. Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart. For consider what great things He has done for you. So even when you're in your lowest points... You know, there's a song we oftentimes sing, Count Your Many Blessings. Mm -hmm. You know, that's when you need to be counting your blessings. You know, this is, without a doubt, I'm sure this is what Joseph was, was doing while he was in prison. While he was serving Potiphar, you know, he had to have been counting his blessings. You know, it could have been so much worse for him if he didn't put his faith in the Lord. If he wasn't faithful to the Lord, the Lord wouldn't have prospered him. He would have been just another prisoner, you know, shackled up and, and or even with Potiphar. He wouldn't have had everything under his hand if he was not faithful to the Lord because the Lord has a plan for him. So even though he was, he was down and out or brought low, he remained faithful to the Lord. It didn't matter what was going on with him. He remained faithful to the Lord. But even during that, we see that the Lord was with him. We see that the Lord was was still showing himself to Joseph. Well, and, and you might think, even with this Potiphar thing, you know, everything happened specifically for a reason. Yeah. If he would have stayed in Potiphar's house, he wouldn't have been able to... Uh, be in the right position to predict the dream of favor. That's right. And so even in all these things that were down, uh, a huge downer in his life, it was for a specific reason. That's right. It was God's reason. It didn't make sense to Joseph. No. Or anyone else. Oh, poor guy. Now he's back in prison again. You know. But it was all specifically for a certain reason. Yeah. They had a plan. And, and like we, we think in our lives too, like bad things happen. Okay, someone dies, we lose a family member, whatever, something really bad. Right. It's for a reason. Yeah. It's God's plan. It's it's the next step. It's the next thing, you know. That's right. And so it's just 
we got to look at it that way because when you look at it all makes sense because we can see the full picture of Joseph. We can read it in about, you know, 15, 20 minutes right. of what happened to him here. Something that took years, years, yeah, you know, since right. he was 17 to take place. It didn't seem fast to him, probably. No. All this stuff took a progression, but in everything, God blessed him and he pre- he prevailed. That's you right. Know, he, he prospered. In every spot that he was at, even when he got thrown back into prison. Yeah. And it placed him perfectly to be right in front of Pharaoh at the right time. That's right. And that, and this is how you see where God always has a plan. Like, this is this was the plan of God from the beginning. Well, and he'll use our enemies. Yeah. To fulfill that plan. We know That's that. That's right. We see that in the crucifixion of Christ. Yep. You know, the enemies of Christ, of God, he used them. He yeah. used them all through the Bible. Yep. You know, when he punished the Israelites. Yeah. You know, and any time they were brought into slavery, mm-hmm. the Lord allowed it. The Lord mm-hmm. was using the enemy to enslave them. But notice, it was always for a purpose. Mm-hmm. It was to bring them back to God. Yeah. You know, sometimes we have to be brought low. And that's why we are brought low. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why we are um, corrected by the Lord. It's It's to bring us low. For us to recognize we need him. And and this is exactly what you see. I'm really glad you brought that out, Chad, because this is this is what was going on. I mean, we get to see it unfold right before mm-hmm. us, but Joseph had to live it. Can you I mean, how many of us well would have abandoned God by this? How point? devastating was it to be falsely accused right. of that? That would have been horrible. Well and you know, and think of it like from his point of view, he can't say anything. Mm-mm. And notice he didn't. Like, if he tried to speak up and say, no, your wife tried to sleep with me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's certain death. Yeah. So he just had to take it. Whatever mm-hmm. it was, it was like, yeah, well, I can't speak against your wife. I'm reminded of, uh, where's the verse that says heap coals upon their head? Oh, man. Yeah, you're calling me out. I'm sorry. No, that's good. Um, because that's what it reminds me of. Yeah. It's like, sometimes, you know, who knows what happened here when he was when Potiphar's wife accused him? You, but but he didn't like you say he didn't say but you you know yeah no he just let it and can you imagine how she felt after he got thrown back in prison yeah surely there was some guilt there you would hope you would hope <laughs> you would hope but it was heaps of coal like yeah. like uh, Christ says yep instead of fighting back or getting revenge yeah it's heaping coals of fire upon his head yeah I'll see if I can look it up and it it's also reminds me of Christ when he was. You know, before his shears, he was silent. He opened not his mouth. That's kind of what Joseph did, you know. He was being falsely accused, and he kept his mouth shut. Just like Christ, when he was getting ready to be persecuted, and he was wrongfully accused, he kept silent. So you have that beautiful Proverbs, foreshadowing going on there, too. Proverbs 25. Wait, wait. Let's see what does it say. Is it twenty five, twenty two? Maybe you will heap burning coals on his head. Yeah, that sounds about right. For if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat, and if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. That's verse twenty one. Okay. Verse twenty two of, of Proverbs twenty five. For so you will heap coals of fire on his head, and the Lord will reward you. So, in that context, he's talking about, you know, if if your enemy is hungry. Help them, mm-hmm. you know. 
and that'll heap coals of fire upon their head. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, just like what Christ says, you know, repay evil. Don't repay evil for evil, right. but repay, yeah. you know, good for evil. And that's how you're going to win your enemy over. Um, so, you know, I don't know if that relays perfectly, but it, it he didn't fight it. Right. Joseph didn't fight it. He just took the punishment. Yeah. And didn't try to dispute anything. And I would think that that would have heaped coals um, of fire on her head. Yeah. You it know? would It would definitely... Um, you know, unless she was just that kind of an evil woman, who knows? Yeah, who knows? And this, the scripture doesn't say, you know, so we could speculate all day long. Maybe... We, we would hope that it hurt her. We would hope that she would feel guilty about it, but, you know, who knows? Yeah, it's hard to know. For her to lie about it <laughs> isn't really good either. It's an, it's incredible what, what yep. happened to him. But right, at, so he gets thrown into prison, and then in, in Genesis 40, we see that Joseph was able to interpret the dreams of the butler and the baker yep. of the Pharaoh that were thrown into prison with him. And and as they were uh, in prison, you know, the butler had a dream, and Joseph interpreted the dream. And Joseph said, don't forget me. Mm-hmm. When you're before Pharaoh again, don't forget me. Mm-hmm. But we see that the butler did forget him. Mm-hmm. And then when he when he told the for interpretation... A for a time. For two years. Yeah. And and when he, when he told the interpretation to the baker, he says, within three days... You're gonna get your head cut off. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So the butler got restored back to his his uh, place. The baker got got sentenced to death, but he interpreted their dreams correctly. Mm-hmm. And said, so, and then, like you said, the the butler forgot for two years. Mm-hmm. Two years, the butler forgot about Joseph. What's interesting is, um, you know, Joseph had. A, gained this reputation based off of this yeah everything he said came true like in um uh in verse 22 but he hanged the chief baker as joseph had interpreted to them yeah you know we do a lot of talking about um prophecies Mm -hmm. and the fulfillment of those and how to check a prophet everything that joseph predicted here happened very good point and and so even though it took two years for the baker to remember him, um, he still uh, remembered him. Yeah. So he still had um, clout, you might say. But yep, like he still because it it happened exactly the way he said, and and we talk a lot about this because even Jesus, um, Jesus. Um, Everything that happened with Jesus was predicted, prophesied, you know, was happened exactly the way it happened, thousands of years apart. Um, but this gave um, Dan or uh, Joseph. Joseph. Uh, um, what am I trying to think? I'm trying to think of a word. Like this gave him uh, not really authority, but just. Um, it made him, tr- it made him truthful. It made everything he said happened exactly the way. Right. Even though he gave all the glory to God, he still wasn't wrong in his prophecies. Right. 
And that's how you check a true prophet. Yeah, and Deuteronomy 18 talks about that. Yeah, exactly. And so today, people proclaim to be prophets in that. Yeah. Are they that accurate? No. And in fact, in Deuteronomy uh, 18, uh, 22, it says, When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, okay. that thing which the Lord has not spoken, the prophet has spoken it presumptuously, you shall not be afraid of him. Yeah, and you think about this prediction he made of the baker. Yeah. You know, how would you come up with that? You and know? It, it was, and the fact that Pharaoh's going to hang one and that birds are going to eat him? Yeah. You know, and it was actually, he was he was interpreting it according to their dream. Yeah. So the butler had something kind of, and what's funny is when you read the dreams, it's like, how could you interpret what you did? Yeah. Well, it was because the Lord was with him. The Lord was interpreting it for him, mm-hmm. you know. And, and then the Pharaoh has this dream that bothers him. After. Yeah, and it took two years, but he finally remembered. The The baker's like, hey. Yeah. I know a guy. That's right. <laughs> you know, and, and... But can you imagine for another two years being wrongfully in prison for another two years? So, you know, and again, it's like, how many people would have abandoned God by that point? Man, God has done nothing for me. I'm, I'm still in prison. Why didn't he? Why didn't he look out for me? You know, and but he remained faithful to the Lord. Well, and and as soon as he knew, he starts telling Pharaoh, he's like, "Hey, you know, there's this Hebrew guy in verse twelve yeah. of forty-one. There's this young Hebrew man with us, their servant, and the captain. He starts telling the story. You know, that's right. Uh, I and, was looking for something. And Where this was he... this was after the Pharaoh." Called his magicians, called you know the soothsayers, called all of his people, and they could not interpret the dream for him. And and then that's when that's when the butler remembered Joseph, this Hebrew man. Well, I like verse fourteen. <clears throat> yeah, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm just looking at this because it's it's so interesting. It's it like, is. It says then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. So once he heard from the butler. Yeah. And they brought him quickly out of the dungeon and shaved him. So like, here's this. <laughs> prisoner okay and he's in the dungeon can you imagine what he looked like probably hadn't had a bath in years yeah I mean, they don't have they don't have prisons like we have our prisoners are spoiled okay <laughs> yeah, compared to these yeah these guys are like sleeping in their own waste okay yeah you know basically and um they they heard oh we gotta get this guy looking good you can just imagine shave give him a shave so they shave him changed his clothes and then presented him to pharaoh yeah you know, it's just interesting. You don't present a stinky man to Pharaoh. No, no, no. They had to hurry and clean him up. Hurry, quick, quick, quick. Get him cleaned up. Yeah. You know, uh, even Pharaoh probably didn't understand the conditions of the prison. No. You know, he wasn't going down there. Nobody or probably cared. <laughs> yeah. Nor did he care. You know? Yeah. But they had to hurry and clean this man up. Get him out so he can talk to the the, the Pharaoh. Yeah. It, uh, it's <laughs> really interesting. It is. You know, and... Um, so then he's he's presented before the Pharaoh, and he, he tells the Pharaoh and interprets his dream. Mm-hmm. You're going to have seven years of plentiful and seven years of mm-hmm. famine. Mm-hmm. So during the seven years of plentiful, he's telling the Pharaoh to prepare. Mm-hmm. You know, keep a, a fifth back for the seven years of famine. Mm-hmm. Every, you know, every ephod, I, I think, or something like that. Um, 
but keep a fifth back for every year and everything so you can prepare for the for the years of famine. And because he, he told them to prepare, Pharaoh's like, well, there's no one wiser than you. And so Pharaoh put him in charge of everything. Well, and I like verse 16 because yeah. um, he says, So Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. The whole yeah. time. That's the whole right. time yeah, he gave God the glory. That's right. He said, hey, it's not in me. It's God. Yep. God will give you an answer, Pharaoh. I'm just the interpreter. Yep. And um, I'm just <laughs> the messenger. Okay? As are we today. That's right. We, you know, we tell you guys all the time here that uh, we're, just, we're just telling you what the Bible says. This is not Chad or David's say. Right. We're just trying to tell you what the Bible says. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and what God says, you know. And this is a great example here because Joseph could have said, Huh, well. Yeah. I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got I got this gift, this, you know, skill. And he could have forgot God here too. That's right. Just as he could have forgot God when Potiphar's wife presented to him. That's right. Uh, but he didn't. He he's he gave all the glory to God, but yet still Pharaoh, well, you're the smartest guy here. I'm putting you in charge of it, which was the intention yeah. all along. It was all the plan. It happened exactly the way God wanted it to. Yeah. And and so now it's coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. Now it is it is coming around to what God has had planned always all along. Mm-hmm. You know, and like you were saying, God leaves uses the enemy. Yeah. To fulfill his plan. Well, and it goes That's all what the way did. back to that first dream when he was 17. That's right. Now yep. he's been put in charge into a high position. Man. He is he is head of Egypt. Yeah. Only answering to Pharaoh. <laughs> I know. It's unbelievable. Like, and the, He got servants. Yeah. <laughs> when he was in prison. You yeah. know, and so that complete change, you know, and that was God's plan. Now, God's plan is coming into fruition, putting him in that position. And here's something that we have to understand. God had to put him through that. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of things. I'm sure he had to be humbled. Let's put it that way. Look at I him when he was 17. I just picture, like, they, they celebrate a holiday, let's say, and it's like, oh, what did you do last year, Joseph? Well, I was in prison. What? Yeah. You were yeah. in prison? What? <laughs> yeah. Like, now he's like the top dog, you yeah. know. It's like go from one extreme to the other. Yeah. Anyways, we're getting off track well, here. And that's that's really like Christ. Yeah. He came down, he served, mm-hmm. and now he's at the right hand of the Heavenly Father. Oh, second man, to yeah. God only. Yeah. You know, second to the Father only. So and, and this is what I love about these stories as well, is is you see these beautiful foreshadowings of Christ. And that's what's beautiful about it. You see Christ throughout the whole throughout the whole Bible. Well, and, you know, going on to, like, the next one, the next big part of the story is when he sees his brothers. Yeah. And it's like a playing out of his dream. And they didn't even know who he was. Yeah. They didn't didn't recognize him. They did not know who this guy was. Yep. And uh, they did not recognize him. Uh, And he's gotten wiser, okay? He was that snotty 17-year-old kid, you know. Yep. Uh, treating his brothers like any brother would, any sibling. You don't know what you're talking about, you know. Especially one, and in there, in chapter 37 of Genesis, they said 
they could not speak peaceably to him. Yeah. So can you imagine? So he just stayed on him like, I'm going to be in charge of you. You know, you could just hear. Because yeah. we've all heard it. We've, we've all been a part of it. And we've also seen our kids do it. Yeah. Okay. I was the youngest of five. And trust me, if I had a dream like that, I would be telling my Telling everyone, including <laughs> his parents. Yeah. Like, even his father and his mother. He yep. told them about it. And they're like, what? We're, we're all going to bow to you. What are you talking about? And then when it comes to fruition. Yep. It's like. There you go. But he was so much wiser that he didn't rub it in their face. Yeah. And, you know, and this is something that you. Perhaps Joseph needed to be humbled. I Obviously. That's why he, he was under Potiphar. That's why he was thrown in prison. That's why he needed to be the humbled man that he needed he to be when he, was, when he was raised high. Hugely. Like, all the, down, the, the, the downs and the highs and the lows, yep. they, 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 they sculptured him, sculpted him, whatever you might want to yeah. say, into the person he was. And it gave him all that wisdom, all that... Although he learned from it, made it so he was a good leader. He was a he was very good, you know. And it all came from all those trials. There's a song that we oftentimes sing in his time. Mm-hmm. All things are beautiful in his time, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's, that's something that we see with Joseph in his life. Oh man, yeah. You know, he had to go through it. He had to be humbled. He had to be brought low. But during that, there was also this other great plan yeah. to get him into the position. Of being, being able to be brought before Joseph, or mm-hmm. being brought before Pharaoh, mm-hmm. because if he just if some Hebrew walked up to Pharaoh, I can interpret your dream. I don't think it's going to work out. Yeah. Not only that, he's not going to put you in charge. <laughs> you know, and he needed to be brought low. He needed to go through that. So there was this beautiful plan. I mean, and it's this masterful plan of God. I mean, mm-hmm. and it it truly is a masterful plan. He needed to be. The right kind of heart, the right kind of man, and the right position to stand before Pharaoh. I mean, can you imagine his seventeen-year-old punk self stand yeah. before Pharaoh? No, I'm sure that's not going to go well for him. No. no, you know. And so again, it, it just you see the beautiful plan. It of God. all had to go a certain way, and it had to go God's plan, and the whole way he gave God the glory. Yeah. He didn't take credit for any of it. Can you imagine us going through that? Mm. You know, and and giving God the credit. Mm-hmm. Giving God glory even while being brought low. It's something we have to strive for. Yeah. Cuz even, you know, in the things that we enjoy, we need to make we need to understand that it could all be taken away. Well, and you know what? Like when you uh door knock, you mm-hmm. know, let's say you're going out door knocking you have more success in in the in the poorer neighborhoods than the rich neighborhoods, mm-hmm. and that's because when you are brought low, you recognize you need help. Mm-hmm. When you are on cloud nine all the time and you you pay for yourself, you do everything your way. You think you can do it. Mm-hmm. You don't think about heaven in that way. You don't think that for whatever reason you can't do it yourself because you've always depended on yourself. You needed to be brought low. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, my youngest daughter, when she was two, mm-hmm. she almost died on us. Mm-hmm. And as a parent, it's your job to protect your kids, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I recognized. I am powerless, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I have to depend on God. And so, you know, you do have these those beautiful moments where mm-hmm. 
you recognize you need the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what Joseph, we see that in Joseph, where Joseph always relied on the Lord through it all. Mm-hmm. And even as he was being brought low, he needed it. That, that was a part of God's masterful plan. Never forget God always has a plan. All you need to do is remain faithful to Him. Mm-hmm. If you remain faithful to the Lord, He will remain faithful to you. He will not abandon you. As He says in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, He says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And this is what He did with Joseph. You know, some people would think that he would think evil to put Joseph in line of evil or, you know, thoughts of evil towards Joseph, but it wasn't. It was all to give him a future and a hope, mm-hmm. not just for him, but his, his whole family as well. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the next part that we get into, you know, and this is what's, what's beautiful. Now... This next part, he's going to be talking, or he's going to be in front of his brothers. Now, let me ask you a question, Chad. If your brothers hated you, if they sold you into slavery, and you had an opportunity to get back at them, mm-hmm. wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to call you out or anything. I think I would, too. Well, and... You know, and it's... Go ahead. All along, I'm sure that uh, Joseph could see, with everything that happened, God's plan. That's right. Like, he could see it. He's like, oh, this is what God's talking about. This yep. is why I'm here. It's to, to bring my family here, you know, the Hebrews, during this bad time. Yeah. And and it is why. Like, so you could see that he, everything started to make sense to him as he got older, probably. He, he knew what, you know, he remembered the dream that made his brother so mad. Yeah. Mad enough to sell him. Yeah. I mean, good grief. That's pretty bad. And luckily, his oldest brother made sure that the rest of the brothers didn't kill him. Because uh-huh. they wanted to kill him. Yeah. But Reuben was like, no, do not do not harm him. Yeah. So they that the next best thing is, well, get him out of our hair and yeah, <laughs> sell him and, into slavery. And that's, and that's just it. That's how mad they were at yeah. him. But yet, looking back, it's not like he wanted to do like bodily harm to them. Right. But he wanted to... Teach him a lesson. They didn't like him because his dad loved him more. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they already envied him. Mm-hmm. And then the dream, and he had to tell him the dream, that just made it even worse. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just like, so not only does dad love you more, but now you're going to say, we're going to bow down to you. Mm-hmm. They already couldn't speak peaceably to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he just had to say this, you know. And so, but that's what's... That's what's beautiful about it. Because then when you get into Genesis 42, mm-hmm. verse 6, you can imagine what Chad and I would do to our brothers if they did this to well, us. It was like a right? perfect plan. I mean, yeah, obviously I mean, God had a hand in it, but it was to, to teach them a lesson yeah, and make them realize that's right. what they had done to yeah. him. And, and then, so in verse uh, 6... Of Genesis 42, it says, Now Joseph was governor over the land, and it was he who sold all, or sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. So this now is the fulfillment of the dream in Genesis 37. Brothers are going to bow down to him. Mm-hmm. 
This is where we see God always has a plan. But Joseph, like we said, needed to be sold into slavery, needed to be thrown into prison. It's funny. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. It's funny that they didn't recognize him. Because you have the the, um, Egyptians, and then you have a Hebrew in charge. I'm sure he looked way different than the Egyptians. Probably, yeah. That you know, he's a Hebrew, but in the position he was in, there's no way they would recognize him. Yeah, they don't know who this guy Nor was. Nor would they even think to think, think it was, to think that that could be him. That it was Joseph. No, you know, last you seen him, we sold him into slavery, thinking that he's probably dead by now. But he recognized his brothers. That's right. Like he recognized them right away. Yeah. And, and here they are bowing down to him. In verse 8, it, it says that he, Joseph recognized his brothers, but his brothers didn't recognize him. Uh-huh. And so we do see Joseph playing with them a little bit. You know, where they... He calls uh, them spies. Yeah. He and, remembered his dream. And he, he has a, a plan to try to get Benjamin, his youngest brother, to him. Because if you recall the story, Benjamin stayed back with his with his dad. And so he wanted to get Benjamin up because Benjamin is his only full-blooded brother. All the other brothers were half-brothers. They had the same dad but not the same mom. Well, Benjamin, he had the same mom and dad. And it's it's interesting in verse 13. Uh, he says... He's, he's giving them the back and forth, you know, saying that they yeah. come to, that they're spies, they're trying to see the nakedness of the land. says, and in, uh, they're trying to tell him, oh, we're, we're the 12 brothers, um, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And in fact, the youngest is with our father today, and one is no more. Yeah. <laughs> so they already have it in their head that he's gone, that yeah. he's dead. Uh-huh. That's why, of course, they wouldn't recognize Joseph. Well, and they started to believe the lie. What did they tell their father? Oh, that's a good point, too. Yeah. They told him he was dead, and they even took the coat of many colors and put blood on it. Yep, goat's blood on it. and So, in a way, they they started believing their lie, probably. Yeah. But it wasn't even a thought, because they'd created this, this lie about what happened to him. Well, and, you know, slaves are not treated well. Mm-hmm. And so maybe they just thought... Yeah, they probably figured, yeah, he's, he's gone by now. You know, but, yeah, either believing their own lie, they they certainly didn't have any actual proof that he was dead. But, yeah, they said, and one is dead. And so they, he plays with them and he tells them, I'm going to keep Simeon back, and you go bring the other brother to me. Mm-hmm. And, of course, their dad already didn't want this. They're like, no. <laughs> you know, he's... You know, and if he dies, if something happens to the youngest, I'm going to die. You know, my heart can't take it, or, or I won't be able to take the that kind of sorrow. So, he ends up bringing Benjamin back with him because they needed more. They needed yeah. more grain. And so, notice in Genesis 43, 29-31, notice... His his love that he has for Benjamin. He says, Then he lifted his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your younger brother of whom you spoke to me? And he said, God be gracious to you, my son. Now his heart yearned for his brother. 
So Joseph made haste and sought somewhere to weep. And when he went into his chamber and wept there, then he washed his face, came out, and restored him or restrained himself and said, Serve the bread. So here we see that he had this deep love that that he had for his brother, but it wasn't just for the youngest brother. It was all of his brothers. He loved them. He didn't want harm brought to them. Yes, he was, I would say, toying with them a little bit, you know, accusing them of being spies and all this, playing with them a little bit, but he never actually wanted to harm them. And and that's something that, that's forgiveness. You know, that was, that was something that wasn't deserved. Well, <laughs> another thing that ought to be a, they still, at this point, don't know who he is. Yeah. And, you know, he serves them dinner, and everyone has to be separated because the Egyptians couldn't eat with the Hebrews. That's right. But yet he ate with them. You think they'd be like, well, how come this guy... Well, he actually he actually did separate himself from his brothers. Yeah, and it, because that was the tradition, and yeah. he still wanted to maintain to keep his identity under wraps. And then he sat them in according to their birthright. Like, how does he know? Yeah, you know, how yeah. does he know how their birthright is? Yep, he sat them right in order. You know, at that at that stage of their lives, you wouldn't be able to tell who's the oldest or who's the youngest. Yeah, you know. That's right. You wouldn't know. They're they're grown men. It's very difficult. You can't tell who's the youngest and oldest. And as you get in your full-grown life, you know? Yep. So they were surprised at that. Yep. And so from there, then, you know, he had that dinner with them. And then he was getting ready to send them back on their way. And he put his silver cup in the pouch of the youngest brother's satchel. Mm-hmm. Sent them on their way. And then as soon as they left town, he sent his his servants out. Joseph sent his servants out to get them and bring them back and call them thieves. And, and Joseph said, okay, so whoever had my silver cup, he's going to stay and be my slave. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he knows it's his brother, <laughs> his youngest brother. But then you see um, Judah speak up and pleads to Joseph that he take the place of the youngest brother. So he's like, Judah vouched for him and said, his guilt will be on me for the rest of my life. Please let me take his place and let him go home. And that's because they knew it would kill their father. That's right. You know. And and they didn't want to do that. So then, But this is when he finally breaks down. In Genesis 45, 1 through 8. So that was at the end of Genesis 44. That we see him pleading. And then at the beginning of Genesis 45, 1 through 8, says Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried out, making everyone get out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud. And the Egyptians of the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. (laughs) Joseph said to his brothers, Please, come near me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. So here, 
Joseph is recognizing God's plan. You meant harm for me, but you know what? It's fine because God had a plan for me. And then in verse 6, and continuing, it says, For these two years the famine have been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh, the lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. So here is something that is so beautiful. He recognizes it was God's plan all along. So he holds no guilt towards his brothers. It's like it's a complete forgiveness. And he even says, God did this to me. Now, it is not in a negative way, but rather he's saying, God had this masterful plan for me to put me in this position. God did this for me, not to me, but rather for me. I love how he says, that God sent me here before you to preserve life. That's right. And imagine how bad the land would have been. Everyone, the Egyptians, everyone, if Joseph did not prepare and, During and, that seven years. And they're two years into it. <laughs> they have five left. Yeah, they're two years into this where uh, there, there's not a plow been able to put to the land. Yeah, and they were they were already starving. Uh-huh. And five more years, they would have been dead. You know, and so Joseph recognizes that. And so only two years into it, this is when his brothers come into him. You know, and... This was always a part of God's masterful plan. Like, he's seeing this. And that's what's beautiful about it. You would not, if you didn't have God at the forefront of your mind, you wouldn't see that it was God's plan. You know, if you only trusted in yourself, you would think that you are the one that got you in that position. You would think that God wasn't a part of it. But he recognizes God has always been there. It has always been a part of this plan. You know, um, another thing I see in this is um, extreme excitement. Um, I know anytime I achieve something, um, I always want to tell my mom or my dad, Yeah. you know, hey, guess what I did? You know, like it's, it's like a huge achievement in your life. The first thing you want to do is tell your parents. Yeah. And, um, in verse 13, he says, So you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and of all that you have seen, and you shall hurry and bring my father down here. Yeah. How excited was he? Oh, man. To tell him about all the great things he's done. Well, and notice, you know, even in that first part, how excited he was. He was. Yeah, he fell he on his crying. brother's neck, Benjamin's neck, and wept, and Benjamin wept on his neck. Yeah. And, you know, how he talks about his brothers, he's like, you know, don't be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me into slavery. Yeah, it was God's plan, <laughs> yeah, man. It was like, God's plan, but, you know, and even <clears throat> to receive, like, put yourself in, in, your, in his brother's shoes. You sold your brother into slavery, wishing harm upon him, even to the point of death, you were perfectly fine with it. You didn't want him to live. Like, you wanted him out of the picture. <laughs> and so, having that kind of hatred towards him, and then seeing him in that 
in that light as he is now leader, and well, he can he can do anything to you. Even more interesting is how Pharaoh received him. Yeah, I mean, Pharaoh's. You know, he says, um, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, "Say to your brothers, do this: load your animals and." And depart, go to the land of Canaan, bring your fathers and your household, and come to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you will eat the fat of that land of the land. Yeah. What an offer. I know. What kind of foreign land or foreign leader is gonna say, Bring all your stuff here. We'll 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 give you the best of the best. Well, and it's because it's of the it, it, it's because of the great respect that the Pharaoh had for Joseph. You know, keep in mind, by this point, he has already gotten um, so much more land out of it mm. because people sold their land to Pharaoh just to survive. Yeah. And so Pharaoh knows that after this, he's going to have everything, mm. you know. And so Joseph, it putting him in charge was like his best decision ever. Like, and he's recognizing that it's Joseph that's doing this for He keeps for me. telling him also in verse 20, also do not be concerned about your goods, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yeah. yours. Yeah. As, as he's talking to Joseph about mm-hmm. his family. Yeah. Tell him to leave everything and yeah, just, just come. Just come. We'll give you everything. Yeah. You know, that's like for us having an offer of... Now, I don't know. You probably haven't moved cross-country, Chad. Not I've had to do it a couple times. Mm-hmm. The hardest part is packing everything up. Oh yeah, you know, and and imagine that this is just one household with four of us, right? Imagine having that big of a uh, a crowd with you and trying to pack everything you have to come. He's saying, "Don't even worry about that. Just leave it. We'll give you the best." So that's like for us when we move cross country. Just bring your car, and we'll give you everything you need. The best. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be better than everything we got already. Just just bring yourselves, and, and we'll provide everything for you. That's a tremendous offer. It's Yeah, it's incredible. It's, it's I mean, it's something that wouldn't happen. You know, and, and it makes you think, you know, this was all good and well. Um, the thing is, eventually, in this slavery, didn't they kind of fall away from God again? And because it was good at the start, then they became slaves to Egypt. Yeah, because a, a new pharaoh came in. Yeah, and he forgot all about Joseph and what he did mm-hmm. for him. Yeah, and I don't know if it was Israel's fault, you know, because they didn't, you know, maybe they kind of fell away from God or something. I'm sure. Um, you know, well, I, when you look at his brothers, I haven't Joseph studied it really enough to know that. Well, and it was actually a plan, I believe, back in Genesis 13. Because eventually, I mean, it was all, um, you know, yeah, ro- you know, roses but, at first, and then all of a sudden they became slaves to Egypt. You know, for a long time. Yeah. And so, I, I didn't know if there was an explanation given of why. They, well, because they, they fell away. Yeah. And and God even was telling Abraham that this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. That they're going to get put into slavery mm-hmm. for a while, mm-hmm. which later we find out is 400 years. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to... I'm going to get them out. Yeah. But they needed... Again, his people needed to be brought low. Mm-hmm. And so it was... It's funny. When you're brought low, 
that's when you seek help, right? Yeah. That's how many times do we do we pray for help and then forget to pray and thank God, right? That's essentially what's going on. When they're high, they forget about God. When they're low, yeah. that's when they're like, oh, Because this is God. a great offer. Man, oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. But it didn't end that way. No. And, you know, when you look even at uh, Joseph's brothers, can you imagine having this relief that you were forgiven? Mm-hmm. And they, they were suspicious of him mm-hmm. all along. They they still didn't. They still thought something was up. Mm-hmm. You know, even in Genesis fifty, after after their father dies, they, they thought still, he was going to still come after him. Yeah. Now that now Joseph is going to come after fifteen us. through twenty one. Yeah, fifteen through twenty one. How much time do we have? We only got five minutes. Okay, so let's read it real fast. It says when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, "Perhaps Joseph will hate us." And may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph, saying, Before your father died, he commanded, saying, Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers <laughs> and their sins, and they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. So Joseph was even cried because of the thing that was spoken to him. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for I am in the place of God. Or, for am I in the place of God? Mm -hmm. But as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. There, now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. This kind of forgiveness is bliss. Oh, yeah. You know, being forgiven of something that you know you don't deserve. And again, this is a beautiful foreshadowing of what Christ has mm-hmm. done for us. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm trying to, to fast forward because I know we're, we're coming to an end here, but this is the kind of thing that Christ has done for us. Mm-hmm. You know, and and we can do the same thing. You know, when we look at our our past and look at our sinful ways and look at all, all the things that we have wronged <laughs> God, yeah. we don't deserve it. No. And then we see what, what Christ went through. Like, the suffering. His whole life was suffering. His whole life was, you know, he he walked yeah. lowly among us in every way. He was a servant. It's and and you know, looking at what the what the brothers did, it's probably the worst thing you could do to someone. Yeah, especially a brother. Yeah, to sell them into slavery. I mean, that's serious. Yep, that is just like Judas, a friend, betrayed Christ. Exactly, and so yeah. then when you look at. The, the parallels to Christ, he was betrayed by a, a, a good friend. Yeah. Betrayed him. And he only meant good for everyone. Mm-hmm. And yet everyone hated him for it. Wrongfully and convicted. Yeah, and like and, and with Christ, Peter denied him. Like he was denied. They fled. Yeah. They left him all alone. Yep. He was all alone. You know, and and much of the same as what happened with Joseph and how he just forgave his brothers mm-hmm. and gave him the the plentiful of the land. Yeah. This is what they didn't deserve it. No, they didn't deserve it and this is what 
Christ has done yeah. for us, yeah. but so much more. Because mm-hmm. as now Christ has been exalted to sit at the right hand of the Heavenly Father, He is there to make intercession for us and to give us hope and a future in eternal life with Him. Well, and just to kind of bring it back to what we're talking about, God always has a plan. Okay? That's right. You know, a lot of people, when a family member dies, they blame God. Yep. Instead of looking at what you're supposed to learn from that hardship. That's right. Uh, because in everything like that, there's something you can learn. And you just got to figure out what that is and move on. Yep. You know, and, and sometimes when when a bad thing happens to us, we just don't think we can go on. And you, you know, know, and we just, but, and, and so did all, that's why we have these examples. That's right. When Joseph got thrown back in prison, or even when he got sold into slavery, how could he want to go on from there? Yeah. You know, and we get in our lives, we get into those, those positions where we, we've really got to understand that God has a plan. He has a plan for us. We got to find that way that he wants us to go and those things that we have to suffer through and move on. That's right. And figure out what the next step is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I love the parallels with Christ as well in this. Yes. I mean, it's huge. We don't deserve what Christ did for us. No. You know. And and he, he suffered all the way to the point of death. Yeah. You know, where Joseph, he could have died at any time. Mm-hmm. But God had a plan for him. God's plan with Christ was for him to suffer. Mm-hmm. That was his plan to give us hope, mm-hmm. to give the ones that don't deserve it hope, just like Joseph's brothers didn't deserve that that hope, didn't deserve being exalted to have the, the plentiful of the land and all this in Egypt. They didn't deserve that. And Joseph realized all along, even to the end here, that it was God's plan. Yeah. It, it was God's plan. I forgive you, but it was the way it had to happen in order for God. And, you know, Jesus, we brought this up last week. Jesus uh, rebuked the Pharisees for not taking him in the streets. I talk to you every day in the streets. Why didn't you arrest me That's there? Right. And then he says, because it is written. Yep. It is written by the prophets that it would happen this way. That's so right. it has to be this way because that's the way God said it was going to happen. It had to be this way. Yep. You know, and that God had a plan there too. And it happened exactly the way his plan was predicted. Yeah. What's so beautiful about the Bible is you have this overarching plan from God mm-hmm. sending his son. But then in this overarching plan, you have all of these other beautiful plans that we see about God that even foreshadowing of the Christ, but it's all pointing towards Christ. And then once Christ comes, after Christ died and was ascended, then it's the the apostles writing and, and pointing it back towards Christ. And we're the lucky ones. We are the blessed ones. We get to see it from 30,000 feet, you might say. Amen. We get to see the whole thing. We get to see the parallels. The parodies, all the, the the plans. How blessed we are to have his word. And we, we get to go through Joseph's whole life here. That's right. In less than an hour. Yep. And, <laughs> and, yes. and it's just amazing. And we can learn so much from it. Yeah. So if you, 
you know, you're feeling bad. You don't understand God's plan. You don't understand what your plan is for life. You know, um, we're not going to understand. But God knows. Yeah. God knows what our plan is. And, and in his um, time, you'll see it. We have to put it in his time, like the song says. That's right. We don't know when things are going to happen or why they happen, but they happen for a reason. Just like Joseph said here, this all happened for a reason. Yep. I, I was put through this for a reason, and it was to save lives. And I've, I've even I've even witnessed how people lose loved ones. Yeah. But you know what? That's what brought them to the Lord. Yeah. I know someone who is, was thrown into prison. Mm-hmm. It, it was his fault. But... That's where he found the Lord. Yeah. And so he's he spent, I think, five years in prison. He's like, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Sure. You know, and while it was going on, he didn't see it. But you know what? He's seen it later. Yeah. You know, there is a plan. Mm-hmm. Put your faith in God. Yep. All right. We've done it again. We ran out of time, David. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> but if you enjoy what you hear, give us a share. Uh, like, subscribe so you know uh, when when there's a new episode out. And we really appreciate you listening. And we'll see you next week. Yes. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks.